restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, 
I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. The Lord is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. Good morning, everybody. I'm so glad that you're here this morning at Victory Christian Fellowship, and we're just so grateful that we serve an awesome God that we do. He's high and lifted up, and his train fills this temple. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful and thankful that we can gather in this place to experience your presence and your power. And Lord, we worship the person of Jesus. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we thank you for the orchestration and the demonstration of your goodness and your love towards us. And we give you all the glory and all the praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Let's stand together. Darkness runs for cover when you move. 
you to see yourself. Whatever you have been tied to that doesn't have a word of God associated with it, that says you should be with it, I want you to see it broken and destroyed in this place today. Shattered, fallen to the ground, stomped on in victory. Every chain that has held you back in your life, it could be hooked onto one ring or a hundred rings. It could be close to you or far away from you. Whatever length that chain is, we speak into this atmosphere today. A breaking, a breaking, a shattering. Hallelujah. Let all the chains be piled up in a mountain. And let that mountain be moved out of the way. In the name of Jesus, we declare that in this house today. Every chain is broken. Everything that does not belong to us, that has been trying to attach itself to our lives, we say it must lose us. Right now, it must be removed. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Whatever that chain is in your life, it must unhook itself from you. In the name of Jesus. Because in the presence of God, things still happen. Miracles still happen. Hallelujah. We worship you in this place. We worship you in the... Come on, let's worship you. We're here to worship God. We're here to give Him our praise and our glory. All glory and honor goes to Him. Oh, we worship you in this atmosphere, Lord. We set this atmosphere to worship. We set the frequency to worship. We set the frequency to miracles. are still being strongholds are still being loose God we believe yes we can see that wonders are still what you do bodies are still being raised come on giants are still
what happens when he moves. When you
worship him in this place. Lord, you move in our lives. You shake things up for us. We invite you in our lives. Come on, invite him in your life. Don't just receive what you're being told. You ask God to take a look at it. Oh, you ask God to investigate it for you. Tell him to give you the good report about it. Oh, we believe. Take off some heaviness. Yes. Let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands. Because oh, He's given us freedom. Hallelujah. We remove every Let's heavy heavy our heart to the Lord. This is not where you lay than the world. Yes. We have a shout of victory. Yes. We have a shout of joy. We have a shout of triumph. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We won by showing up. Yes. We won by choosing Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes. Glory to God. 
Well, Father, thank you for opening up heaven over this place. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. And letting your presence abide here. Yes. And doing signs, wonders, and miracles. Yes. And speaking to us. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, it's time to leave the to leave the dead things behind. For I've called you out of the grave to live an abundant life, to never be the same. Don't look for the living among the dead. For I am the resurrection and the life. I am resurrecting your dreams. I am resurrecting your destiny. I am resurrecting your direction. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Well, if you can, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Don't they do a phenomenal job? Thank God for the faithfulness of our praise and worship team. And our youngest, nine. Amen. And our sound team, because they're just as much a part of it. Amen. Hallelujah. If you ever want to be involved in those, you can if you qualify. <laughs> well, you qualify if you think you can sing <laughs> or play an instrument, so we have a process you go through. So yes. that's the first step. Amen. Well, we're going to get ready to emphasize a new confession today. Yes. That emphasizes the work of the Holy Spirit. How many are glad for the Holy Spirit? Amen. Amen. Or if you're Pentecostal, the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I want to say something. Uh, if you came in here with heaviness, yes. you need to release it. You yeah. need to say, leave and go. Yes. Because it, it, there's heaviness in the atmosphere. And it, didn't, it wasn't here when you came. So, if, you, if something's bothering you and you're like, that happened. What happened there? Well, that was interesting. Can you turn me off? Probably from the monitors, I understand. If something is bothering you that happened in your home, your life, whatever, that's what heaviness is, right? So it puts pressure on you to make a decision, do something. You've got to do something. That's heaviness. Jesus, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So you know when God's asking you to do something, it's not so heavy you can't carry it. Amen. Right? It's, it's a joy. Like, he gave me an assignment. I'm so excited. Right? So, you tell it to go, and it has to go. Because this atmosphere is conducive only to the Spirit of God operating. No other spirit is allowed to operate. But you need to hear from God today. So, that's why I'm telling you to tell it to go. All right? We good? All right. Amen. Well, let's make our confession. 
Our Heavenly Father has given to us another comforter to comfort us, encourage us and strengthen us. He helps us to stay on God's course. God's Holy Spirit abides with us forever. He is our advocate of truth and our divine tutor to guide us in life. We have the spirit of wisdom who teaches us all things. He is eternal. He was involved in creation, and he knows all things. We are learning great things from God. The Holy Spirit is our personal powerhouse who abides within us and overshadows us. Through him, we can boldly testify how good our Father God is. We welcome and receive help in all things through the Holy Spirit. He helps us solve problems and find solutions and outsmart all enemies to give us victory in life. The Holy Spirit is our greatest ally who stands for righteousness, holiness, and truth. He always glorifies and honors the Lord Jesus and his kingdom. God's Spirit unveils and reveals to us what is ours. He provides us with special abilities and extraordinary power through divine grace. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. The uncompromising word of God to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. We'll do that after. Okay. Who's our... Uh, <laughs> Good morning. God bless you. It's good to see each one of you here. This week at Victory, we have Air Force, our youth group, at 6 p.m. And then Wednesday is Wednesday night refreshing here at 6.30 p.m. And then Thursday, we have Bible Adventure here. So if anyone's interested in how you can help with that, you can contact the church office and um, they'll be able to direct you with how you can help with Bible Adventure. Then Saturday, this Saturday, is the second Saturday of the month. So we the have a new generation youth breakfast at 9 a.m. Men save the date for the end of October. October 29th and 30th is the Everyday Hero Men's Conference. Be a world changer. Thank you. That's it. Amen. And we want to thank uh, everyone who participated yesterday in our outreach into uh, the Hummelstown area and the Cavern Days. It was a great day, and uh, we had a lot of fun. Got to get get the word out about our church, and you know, just to uh, make a presence. Amen. And um, I want us to uh, just uh, stand up for a moment. We're going to pray over uh, all the loved ones and, and people that we know in the salvation jar. So, Heavenly Father, we just give you thanks and praise. You came to seek and save that which was lost. And, Lord, you came to give your life as a ransom for many. And, Lord, we pray over those names 
that people have put in that jar, names of people that they know or are associated with or have interaction with. And Lord, we just give you thanks and praise that they are covered in the blood of Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Father, for uh, sending laborers across their path who are filled with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and the wisdom of God and the love of God, and they can communicate clearly your message to them, Lord. And I thank you, Father, that angels are working behind the scenes to help them who are heirs of salvation, Father. Lord, help them make divine appointments in Jesus' name, and we just give you thanks and praise that the bonds of the devil are being broken and they're being delivered out of darkness and they're coming into the light. We call them in your kingdom now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And uh, at this time, we want to have uh, Miss Arlene Wagner uh, come up. Glory to God. Uh, you know, we are a membership church. And uh, if you would like to be a member, our process is very easy. And uh, she, uh, she went through this just recently. And uh, so today is her day of welcoming. Amen. <laughs> Even though she's been here for a long time, we just want to welcome her to the family of VCF. Amen. Amen. It is our distinct uh, privilege and honor, Miss Arlene, to welcome you as a family member of Victory Christian Fellowship. Stretch forth your hands. Father, we just give you thanks and praise for Miss Arlene. Thank you for her wonderful gifts. Father, her heart of love. And we give you thanks and praise, Father, for her, her praise that fills this atmosphere, Lord. And we just welcome her, Lord, and we bless her today in the name of Jesus. May she have an extra special anointing upon her. And the blessing of the Lord just cause favor to be poured out on her. And we just give you thanks and praise for your mighty touch on her in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 That's my part, right? I'm done. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I wanted to say something. Josiah was letting me know he couldn't hear anything in his monitors while he was playing today. I think he did pretty good for not hearing anything. <laughs> I don't know what happened to his monitors. Maybe the batteries ran out, but I thought it was pretty good for for a nine-year-old to stay up there and play the drums, Amen. right? He does a pretty good job, doesn't he? <laughs> he does a fantastic yeah. job. Before I dismiss the kids uh, for kids' life, I just want to uh, share something with you. Never underestimate your gift. All right? Never underestimate your gift. Proverbs 18:16 says this. A man's gift given in love or courtesy makes room for him and brings him before great men. How many would like to be brought before great men? Well, your gift makes that available. Amen. Proverbs 19.6 says, Many will seek the favor of a generous and noble man, and everyone is a friend of him who gives gifts. Is there anybody that doesn't like gifts? Amen. Well, you know, um, in order for David to get an audience with the king, 
His father, Jesse, he gave a donkey loaded. Everybody say loaded. Today you brought your donkey loaded in today. Amen. And uh, it was loaded with bread, a skin of wine, and one young goat, and sent them to Saul with his son David. And what did, who did David appear to? He ended up appearing before Saul and killing Goliath. Amen? It was his father's gift on his behalf. And then in 1 Samuel 25, David went to a man named Nabal, who was a fool. The Bible says it so. And David asked him for supplies. You know, David had a group of 400 men. They were called David's mighty men. And they were corporate raiders. Actually, they would fight other places and take the spoil, right? And they were highly skilled at what they did. And David asked Nabal for supplies because they were out and uh, in his area. And Nabal said no. Well, when you refuse to give that could stir up the king's wrath. Okay? So uh, Abigail, Nabal's wife, heard of this. And uh, she quickly, uh, she loaded uh, two donkeys. She had 200 loaves of bread. Everybody say 200. 200. Can you imagine going to Walmart and buying 200 loaves of bread just to give away? All right? She had two jugs of wine, probably barrels. She had five sheep already prepared for roasting. She had five measures of roasted grain, a hundred clusters of raisins, and 200 cakes of figs and loaded them on donkeys. Okay? Everybody say she loaded. Say, I came to VCF. Loaded. Hallelujah. Say, I'm loaded. Glory to God. We ought to get excited about being loaded. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, got, I, don't have, I don't have enough space to put it all. So here's what David did with Abigail's gift. Okay, verse 32 of 1 Samuel 25. David said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who sent you to meet me this day. So he blessed the Lord. Verse 33, And blessed be your discretion and discernment. And blessed be you. So he blessed God, he blessed her wisdom, and he blessed her. When you come loaded, you get blessed. Say, I'm loaded and blessed. Woo! Glory to I'm loaded and blessed. That means when you unload your load, it gets ready to be filled up again. Mm. Okay? And, And so he blessed her who has kept me from bloodshed this day, he would have killed every male in the house. Okay? So not only did her gift bring her before David, who was a king, but it also saved her family, right? And um, David said, verse 35, David accepted what she had brought. How many know Jesus in heaven accepts what you brought? And if you need to add more, he'll let you know. He said, go to your house in peace. I have listened to you and have granted your request. That was all because of her gift. Right? 
So if you want to get before great men, you know, the Magi, they traveled hundreds of miles, probably thousands of miles, only to give gift to a king, right? And that gift was received, and as a result of their gift, they got protection on their life. Say, my gift is not insignificant. Father, I give you thanks and praise today for every giver and every gift that they have brought into you and into your place of worship, Lord. And I thank you, Father, that you bless them and you provide for them and you protect them and you prosper them in return. In Jesus' name, amen. You can give any time during the service. If you're here, you can put your gift in that box or in that box. We got two seed planters now. That means double trees, double fruit, right? We, we doubled our capacity to receive so that you can double your capacity to give. Amen? If you're watching online, don't miss out on this. You, get, you go to our website and you can do it that way. It's really easy. A lot of people do it that way and we appreciate it. Amen? Say, I'm loaded and blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Thank you, Father, for this awesome day. And we give you thanks and praise for the. Look at these kids. Our kids are multiplying. Amen. We're so glad for the privilege of bringing you here. And now we're going to dismiss you to your class. So, kids, enjoy your class. Teachers, have a good time teaching. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Whoo. It's good to be loaded. You know, we're living in a day and a time when you need to get loaded. I mean, when you've got crazy people making decisions, want to spend money with no backing on it, it's going to raise inflation. It's going to make prices go up. So you're going to need to prosper. Amen. Now is the time to prosper. God is more than able to provide anything that you need, want, and desire. Amen. And uh, if it's not natural, it's supernatural. But, in, but when crazy people aren't in authority, <laughs> then, uh, you know, we, just, we, we still got to prosper. Amen? That way, we have a big source. So, say, I'm not fearful of prices. Amen? Why? I mean, God provided for Elijah in the midst of a famine. All right, but that's not even my message today. Hallelujah. Today, I want to talk to you about the place that God marks. Did you know that God marks places? And you're in a right place today. You are in a place where God can mark you today. Okay? And uh, the place that God marks is a place where he speaks. It's a place where he reveals truth to you. It's a place where he shows you something about you or your future or just shows up to reveal himself to you. Every one of us 
if we've been walking for God any amount of time, you will have encounters with him. How many ever had an encounter with God? Right? And uh, as you walk with him and serve him and fellowship with him and worship him, right? You could have an encounter in your home. You could have an encounter in your car. I would encourage you to pull off to the side. <laughs> Amen? You could have an encounter in a church service or a meeting. You can have an encounter when you're walking or wherever you may be. God is not limited to time or space. He is everywhere. Now, he's not manifesting himself everywhere, but when, when he sees faith present, he manifests himself. Amen? You know, you could have a, an encounter through a life event, a birth, a marriage. You could have a, an encounter with God through a challenge. Right? You face a challenge, but then you experience God's strength and power to cause you to overcome. Well, I'm just going to believe God not to have challenges. That's not faith. <laughs> Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world, and you can overcome too. Amen? We ought to get excited when trouble shows up. Because that means that we, we know that God's about to do something. Amen? Are you awake this morning? Come on, you've you got to get engaged in this. You could, ex, you could have an encounter with God through a great victory. You can have an encounter with God at a low point in your life. Did you know that God is the glory and the lifter? Of your head? When, you, when, you when you've been in a low point, he can lift you up. Glory to God. He can lift you up out of that miry clay. You can have an encounter with God in, a secret, in your secret place. Did you know that God never misses an appointment? Did you know that he made an appointment this morning to meet with you because he knew that two or three are going to be gathered at 695 East Ridge Road. And he says, I'm going to be there in your midst. God is here with us right now. And he's been looking forward to meeting with us. He's been excited with anticipation about meeting with us. Every time he gets to meet with his children, he gets excited. He gets joyful. I mean, he's always joyful, but he gets excited. God looks forward to meeting with his children. He loves family meals. He loves family time. And he's got time for every one of his kids. But we're God's favorite. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> no. 
When you encounter God, it may have been when he called you. It may have been when you were healed. It may have been when you were given an incredible gift. You saw God in that gift. It may have been when you fell in love. How many remember the time when you fell in love? Amen? 24 years, I still remember it. Whoo! Glory to God. Why? It's still going. I'm putting coal in that train. Keep it chugging down that tracks at full steam. I love my wife. Glory to God. She's a blessing to me. May have been when your children are born. Whatever. Significant. I remember when Josiah was born. The moment Josiah was born, a member of this church passed away. I got the call when I was in the delivery room. <laughs> After Josiah was just born, just cut the cord, my phone rang. Another member of this church passed away at the same time. That was a significant moment. See, God marks the place with his word, his promises, his blessing, and his power. God, I'm telling you, his word, his promises, his blessing, and power will leave a mark on us. We came to BCF and said, oh, that's going to leave a mark. But it's not going to be painful. It's not going to be sore. It's not going to be a bruise. It's going to be a touch of the master. Amen? How many could use a touch from the master? Just a touch is too much. Oh, come on. Just a touch is too much. Because he's more than enough. God, Noah was marked when God told him to build a boat and save his family. Abraham was marked at the place where God called him and told him to leave his home and his country and his family and to go out into the unknown. Abraham was also marked when he had a meeting with Melchizedek. He was marked when he entered into a covenant with God. He was marked when his name was changed from Abram to Abraham. He had an encounter with God, and God changed his name to father of many nations. And God became, or Abraham became what God named him. Abraham had an encounter with God when Isaac was born. 25 years, he believed. And it finally came to pass, not because God was slack, it was because Abraham was wishy-washy. Amen? Don't be wishy-washy. Just believe God. I mean, think about the place when Israel left Egypt. Think about the opening of the Red Sea and the crossing of the Jordan at flood stage and the manna that God rained down every day. Think about the victory that Jehoshaphat got. Think about the day of Pentecost. Think about when Zacharias was able to speak after nine months of silence. Think about the day when God shook the house that they were gathered in because of prayer. Think about the jail that Paul and Silas were in when God invaded that jail. 
Oh, think about the, the day when John was on Patmos and he was caught up in heaven and had a vision. He had a revelation of Jesus Christ. He got to see into heaven. He got to see the activity and the angels. Think about the encounter that he had. Go to Genesis 28. We're going to go to Genesis 28. Say, God's, God's going to mark this place today. Those of you that are here, you're going to be marked. Amen? You didn't know what you were getting into. I didn't know what I was going to be doing until late last night. I kept looking and searching and listening. All of a sudden, boom. You know, when God, when, when God uh, wants you to do something, it's going to resonate within you. I'm looking, I'm looking, no, no, no. Yes, that's it. <laughs> you know, God supernaturally attaches his name, his power, and his presence to places. I remember... On the street that I was on in LaSalle, Illinois, where I prayed to God about what he wanted me to do, and he spoke to me. I remember the church, Abundant Life Tabernacle, where I gave my heart to Jesus, and he came in my life, and I got born again. I remember that moment. It was an encounter with God that I have never forgotten. I remember going to Broken Arrow and hearing God talk to me and say, you're going to pastor, you're going to travel for a short time, then you're going to pastor. Didn't know where, didn't know how, but here I am. God spoke to me and gave in New Testament survey and gave me heirs of promise ministries. I remember that. I was in that class. I remember the moment where I wrote in my book, Pastor Pishka's Mary didn't have a clue what that meant at that moment. I remember being in Cleveland, Tennessee, and God taught me how to flow with the Holy Ghost. There were times when, when God would use Pastor Mark Strickland to speak directly to me. One time he was in a service and he just stopped and he pointed and I knew it was to me. I don't know if anybody else knew, but I knew it was to me because I have it on tape and I've listened to that tape several times. That was in the 90s. I still, got, I still have that tape. What's a tape? He said, the anointing shall increase, shall increase, shall increase. He said, I'm not knocking you, I'm not knocking you, just keep, keep doing what you're doing. I'm leading God and direct you. That was a significant moment for me. I remember in Knoxville, Tennessee, when I preached for a message and Pastor Darren Osborne prophesied over me. I remember being in the Czech Republic when we have a little Bible study and an evangelist from Sweden prophesied over me and I shook under the power of God for about 45 minutes. I shook. All I could do was shake and breathe heavy because it was so heavy. You know, God's glory sometimes is heavy. I remember when I was in Leola, Pennsylvania and my heart turned from an evangelist to a pastor. I remember the shift in my heart. I remember the service I was in. Pastor Sam was preaching. I don't know what he was preaching, but I was watching him. And I just felt God just reach down and make an adjustment. 
And there, in that moment, my heart was changed from an evangelist to a pastor's heart. All in preparation to be here in Palmyra, Pennsylvania. And I've been seeing God work for 19 years. I've been seeing his faithfulness, his provision, his his strength to overcome, his strength to stand. Amen? Hallelujah. God puts his name, his presence, and his power on places. And in Genesis 28, starting with verse 10, And Jacob went out from Beersheba, and he went toward Haran. He had just deceived his brother from the blessing. He deceived his father to get the blessing. His brother wanted to kill him. And here Jacob was, all alone. His parents said, go leave. They thought it was going to be a couple days. It was 20 years. He never saw his mom again because his mom passed before he got back. And here Jacob was. And he lighted upon a certain place. I'm going to say a certain place. Oh, my goodness. And tarried there all night. He just thought it was a resting place, but God saw it as an opportunity. Because the sun was set, and he took of the stones of that place and put them down, put them for his pillows, and he lay down in that place to sleep. How can you ever get comfortable on a rock? I don't know. But Jacob was a rocker, man, rock and roll. I, I could just sleep on a rock. <laughs> he's, he's just doing something normal. He has no expectation, no anticipation about what God is about to do in his life. And he dreamed. Oh, my goodness. Say, God's God's coming into his place. Say, God's coming into this place. This is a place of dreams where dreams come true. This is a place of where dreams are made a reality. Amen. This is a place of dream where you're free to dream. Dream big. If you're going to dream, dream big. And behold, a ladder was set up on earth. Why doesn't God use the elevator? He uses a ladder. And the top of it reached to heaven. That is a big ladder. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. There's angelic activity in this place. The angels are moving in this place. They're going up and down. They're bringing things from heaven. They're bringing it to us. Amen. They're bringing light from heaven to dispel darkness. They're bringing messages from heaven to put you on the right course. Amen. And all the while, they're defeating the principalities of the air. And verse 13, and behold, the Lord stood above it. God invaded this place. God made this place a significant place. 
and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac, and the land. That's his name being revealed. He said, I am the Lord. He's revealing his identification. He's revealing his name. God has many names. Each one show a different characteristic about God. And as he needs to, he reveals different names. Amen? God, Abraham knew God by a certain name. Moses knew God by a certain name. Gideon knew God by a certain name. Amen? David knew God by a certain name. Why? God knows when he needs to reveal the characteristic that you need to know. Okay? So, this ladder was in heaven. Angels are moving up and down on it. The Lord's standing at the top of it. And uh, he reveals his name. I am the Lord God. <laughs> What's significant about the Lord God? Oh, my goodness. That's Yahweh, as we like to say, or Yohava. Right? It means um, he's the one who brings into being. When he revealed himself, he says, I'm the life giver. Yes. How many could use some life? Sickness needs the life of God. When sickness meets the life of God, you become healed. Your name changes from sick to healed. Yes. When God comes into a place, healing goes, goes away. I mean, sickness goes away. Sorry. <laughs> healing stays. Sorry about that. Okay. The, I am the Lord God. I'm the life giver. I'm the giver of existence. I'm the creator. I'm he who brings it to pass. Anybody need something brought to pass? God can bring it to pass. He's, he's here to meet you in this place today. He's not here to meet the people who are pretending. He's, he's here to meet the true and genuine people. That's you. Why? You're here. Amen. And if you're watching, you're here. But you know, it's hard to taste the pie from video. It's better to taste the pie when you're right there at the table. Amen? I could send you a picture of the pie, but it doesn't give you the sense of taste. Right? It's better to be at the table and taste the pie. I'd rather taste the pie than see the pie. I don't know about you. Okay. All right. The Lord God. I am the Lord God. I am the performer of promises. Listen, when God gives you a promise, you just have to believe it, but he'll perform it. He is the performer of promises. You just got to trust him. You just got to acknowledge him. This is all in this name, Jehovah, Yahweh. I am the one who is, not who was, who is. Moses said, who should I tell them who you are? Tell them, I am that I am. What is it? I am ever presently with you. I am here. I am ready. I'm good to go. I'm loaded. You know, God's loaded. we got a loaded God. And he's got blessing and he's ready to distribute his load to you. Are you ready to receive it? Mm -mm. My goodness. I am the absolute unchangeable one. I'm still on his name, by the way. 
I am the existing, ever-living, self-consistent, unchangeable one. When God says one name, he says a mouthful. (laughs) I am the one coming into manifestation as the God of redemption. I, I am it. I am all that my servants look for. You don't have to look any further. He is your providence. He is your provider. He is your healer. He is your source of strength. He is your source of joy. He is the Prince of Peace. He is your helper. He is your Lord. I am he who approves himself. Did you know that when God made a promise to Abraham, he swore by no other because no other one is greater. He swore by himself. So God put his name on this place. Okay? And this, this place became the center for Jacob to change his whole life, his whole past, And his whole destiny. Everything changed for Jacob at this place. Because he had an encounter with God. Say places are significant. It's good to be in the right place at the right time. What if you're not at the right place at the right time? You miss the blessing. Okay. Okay. Okay, so I'm the Lord God. I'm I'm the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. I'm a generational God. See, even though God comes in a place, that place has an effect for generations to come. How many generations have been affected in this place? Generations have been affected. Family lines have been healed. Curses have been broken. Help has been given. People have been lifted up. Why? Because they came to this place. They had an encounter with God. And just because you have, uh, I can't get ahead of myself. Are you with me? All right. Anywhere you encounter God becomes an important place in your life. Anywhere that you encounter God becomes an important place in your life. Okay? God supernaturally attached his name, power, presence to the place where Jacob was. You're going to see the significance of that in just a minute. Okay? So... Then, then he says in verse 14, you know, he revealed his name, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm the Lord God, right? And then he said, and the land where you lie on, I will give it and to your seed. What you're doing today is affecting your seed. Yeah. Verse 14, and your seed shall be as the dust of the earth. And you shall spread abroad to the west. God never meant for you to be small. Hallelujah. You may look small, but you're mighty. Yeah, mighty. 
Say, I have growth potential waiting to break out. Let's have a breakout session today. Let's have a breakout session today. And then he said, and behold, I am with you. That's his presence. So he gives his name and he gives his presence. Say, God's with me. You know, you're better off when God's with you. He is not with complainers. He is not with gossipers. He is not with backbiters. He is not with the unfaithful. Come on, God hangs around with certain people. When he walked into Jairus' daughter's room, he had to put the daughters, the whiners out. Why? You don't hang with me. I'm of the faith crowd. Jesus is of the faith crowd. Amen? He hangs around with faith. Why? Faith pleases him. He hangs around with things that please him. He opposes the proud. He doesn't hang around with the proud. Mm. Whoo, there's a lot being said there. Okay? So, his, his, his name and his presence, all right? Behold, I am with you and will keep you in all places wherever you go. Oh, my goodness. Just because you have an encounter at one place, God's not locked into that place. He'll go with you when you leave the place. If you leave the right way. If you leave the wrong way, you're on your own, Jack. So his name, I'm the Lord God. His presence, I am with you. And his power, I will keep you. He puts his name, his presence, and his power on this place. Jacob didn't even know what was happening until it happened. Sometimes you don't know what was happening until it happened. Amen? Okay? And then, you know, in your seat, all the families, verse 15, and behold, I'm with you and I will keep you in all places. Oh, my. Wherever you go. Yeah. If you have an encounter with God, that encounter stays with you. You're not, you don't have to be in that place. You just have to be with him. (laughs) You can have an encounter anywhere. But you got to, oh, never mind. All right. Okay? And I will bring you again to this land. Why? Because he's got to take possession of it. And for I will not leave you until I have done that which I have spoken to you. Oh, my goodness. God is with you until the promise is fulfilled. God is with us until this church is overflowing. And he's not going to leave us then. Then we're going to build another church. Amen. Hallelujah. Why? His name, his presence, and his power is here. Okay, and then verse 16. And Jacob awoke out of his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. <laughs> he didn't even know what was happening until it, was, until it happened. Amen? Amen? And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place. That word dreadful is awesome. Everybody say awesome. Oh, we serve an awesome God. Yeah. I like awesome better than dreadful. 
God's not full of dread. He's full of awe. And he shares his all with you. That's why he's awesome. Because he gives his all to some. This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Say, this is the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. And God promised that that will never leave Jacob. The house of God and the gate of heaven will be with him wherever he goes. Why? Because he had a significant encounter in that place. Amen? Okay. So, and verse 18, and Jacob rose up early in the morning. He didn't sleep. You don't don't want to sleep in after you have an encounter. He rose up early and took the stone that he had put for his pillows. And set up, he made a pillow into a pillar. A standing monument of the significance of that place. He built something there. You can build your life where God puts his name, presence, and power. You can build your family where God puts his name, presence, and power. You can rebuild where God puts his name, presence, and power. If it if it been destroyed, God can rebuild it. He's a creator. He's the Lord who is. He gives life. He's the life giver. He brings dead things to life. He brings darkness to light. So he set it up for a pillar and he poured oil on the top of it. He anointed it and he called the name of that place Bethel. He renamed the place based on the significant, on the encounter that he had. The encounter determined the significance. He renamed the place. What, what are you naming your things? Call those things that be not as though they are. That's what God does. Amen. Rename your sickness. Say, I'm healed. Rename your poverty. Say, I'm rich. Rename your brokenness. Say, I'm fixed. Rename your bondage. Say, I'm free. Hallelujah. Rename your depression. Say, I'm overflowing with joy. Rename your trouble. Say, I'm operating in peace that passes understanding. Rename your situation. Rename your family. Amen. Hallelujah. Call yourself the head. You were the tail, but now it's time to start being the head. Call yourself the head. You're the head and not the tail. That's what Deuteronomy 28 says. So Jacob named the place Bethel. The place used to be called Lutz. It was an insignificant place. Loose means almond tree. He turned an insignificant place because someone put their name, presence, and power there that made it significant. He turned an unnamed place into a place of significance. Hallelujah. He renamed it from Loose to Bethel. And Jacob vowed a vow there. He said, if God will be with me, well, God promised to be with him, right? 
But did you know that you can put God to the test? How do you put God to the test? Give and see if he'll not give unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running. The only place where God says prove him is in giving and tithing. So Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way, that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put in. God already said he's going to do all that. Right? So that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. Jacob entered God's house as a believer in this moment. This is where he met God and he knew him on his own for the first time. Up to this point, he knew about God, but he was a supplanter. He was a trickster, but now he became a child of God. Notice this now, verse 22. And the stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. He set up, he said, this is not just a pillar, but it's a pillar in God's house. And of all that you shall give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. I will surely tithe to you. A tithe is a tenth. Say a tithe is a tenth. You know, the government asks more, for, more from you than God. You may end up being a 28% tax bracket. God's in the 10% bracket. But God's blessing is far greater when you give God a tenth, you, you're giving him all. Tenth, the word ten in the Bible stands for government. Right? So God, Jacob, how did he know about tithing? Tithing had never been taught. Except Abel tithed, Abraham tithed, so he probably heard it about his grandfather, and I'm sure Isaac tithed because he saw his father tithe, because Isaac sowed and reaped a hundredfold in the same year. So I'm sure that Jacob heard these stories, but there was no law given to tithe at this time. Why? He had, see, when you have an encounter with God, you go from greedy to generous. You go from stingy to giving. What, what happened to Zacchaeus, the smallest tax collector? Right? He, he wanted to see Jesus. Jesus was passing through Jericho, and he was passing his way. He couldn't see above the crowd, so he climbed up a tree. Would you climb up a tree just to see Jesus? And so Zacchaeus is in the tree, right? And he's waiting. Jesus passes by, and he looks at Jesus. Jesus looks at him, and Jesus says, today I'm having lunch at your house. And Zacchaeus welcomed Jesus. He welcomed Jesus. And Zacchaeus said, if I've wronged anybody, I'll give four times back. You talk about, that's a change. Amen? So, this is the house of God. Bethel is the house of God. VCF is a house of God. Amen? Why? God attached his name, his presence, and his power here. This is where people have an encounter with God. This is not the only place. This is not, you're not limited just to have an encounter with God here, but this is where encounters with God occur. A lot of encounters with God have occurred and will occur and and are going to occur. Amen. It's, this is a place where you connect with God's divine presence. It's a place of revealed promises. Woo! Inheriting the 
Oh, this is a place where you can inherit God's promises. Right? This is a holy place. Right? This is a place of revealed destiny. How many people have gotten their call from God or found their purpose here? Amen? It's a place. It's a place of commitment and dedication. Jacob committed and dedicated his life to God. Why? Because he had an encounter. Didn't even know what was happening, but yet he committed his life to it when it was all said and done. You know, after you experience God, you need to make a commitment. And you need to carry out your commitment. God wants you to be faithful, not faithless. Come on, somebody. So, this is a place of God's divine presence. It's a place of revealed promises. It's a holy place. It's a place of revealed destiny. It's a place of commitment and dedication. Amen? Amen? Jacob viewed the place differently, and he honored it. He honored the place. He set up a pillar, a memorial, a monument. Not to himself. It wasn't, he didn't build a statue of Jacob. He built a pillar to God. He called it God's house. That's God's pillar. These are God's chairs. This is God's carpeting. That's God's sound system. You are God's people. This is God's house. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. He dedicated his life. He committed to tithe. See, God's house is a sacred place of worship, praise, revelation, prayer, power, and promises. It's a place of exchange of provision. God promised to provide for Jacob, to protect, to protect Jacob, and to prosper Jacob, and Jacob promised to tithe to God. There was a divine exchange. Didn't you know that God's promises are, are three times greater than what Jacob promised? You notice that? Jacob made one promise. God made several. Amen? God needs your commitment. He needs your dedication. God rewards faithfulness. Amen? When, when, when Jacob committed to tithe, he's saying, I'm dependent on you. He, he pledges dependent. We got to be dependent on God. Yeah. I know we like our independence because we're Americans and God bless this nation. God bless this country. I appreciate it. But you know what? Sometimes you got to be dependent on God. Yeah. Actually, all the time. Jesus, him, Jesus said this. He said, I can do nothing of myself. Well, if the Son of God can't do anything without God, what makes you think you're going to do something great without God? Amen? Of course, Jesus was also the Son of Man, too. Everything he did was with God. Everything he did was for God. Him and God never disagreed. Jesus never injected his own opinion. Jesus never said to God, maybe you should do a miracle a different way. You know, Jesus never said, God, I don't think you should do it that way. But how many times do we say that to God? God gives you a command. You go, well, that doesn't make sense. Who said it had to make sense? Just do it. What, are you going to, what, scientific and analyze a, a miracle? 
you'll never figure out how it works anyway. Scientists are still trying to figure out how God opened up the Red Sea. You know, you heard the argument of scientists and God. They said, God, we don't need you anymore. We can make our own man. God said, okay, let's have a man-making competition. Scientists said, okay, yeah, let's do this. So the scientists went to go get some dirt to make a man. God said, wait a minute. You grab your own dirt. (laughs) That's my dirt. You get your own dirt. That was the end of that competition. (laughs) As God gives to you, you give to him. That's the exchange. Jacob became a lifetime tither, recognizing that God was his source of all good things. Even when his wages changed... He ended up on top. All right? So I want to give you the significance of Bethel, of a house of God. Amen? It's a place where people come to seek God. You came here today because you're seeking God. You thought you're just coming here because you're helping someone. No, God wanted you here to hear this message. God wanted you here so that he could touch your heart and touch your life. That he can show you how good he is and how much he loves you and how much he cares for you. Amen? Amen. The house of God is a place where we can hear his voice. The house of God is a place where you can gain fresh perspectives for your life. Isn't it awesome to see things from another perspective a perspective of victory a perspective of life a perspective of eternity you know sometimes we're so temporal focused we need to be more eternal focused hallelujah Bethel is the church today God still got houses all over the world Some of them are nice buildings. Some of them are huts. Some of them are open. But God's got houses. He's got a large organization. He's got the biggest family in the world. world. Amen. He's got houses where he shows up because people there come to praise him, come to seek him, come to worship him, come to hear his voice, come to find their purpose, come to get their destiny. And we're just one of those houses. In the kingdom. God's got a large franchise. He's got more locations than Subway. If you didn't know, Subway is the largest fast food chain with the most locations. They have more locations than McDonald's. That's true. They have over 45,000 locations. Look at you even get facts when you come to VCF. So Bethel is the church. It has a prophetic significance. In Genesis 35, God told Jacob to move back to Bethel. Go to Genesis 35 for a minute. Look at verse 1. God said to Jacob, go up to Bethel 
and live there. Oh, oh you need to live in God's house. Yes. Come on. You need to be planted in God's house. Psalm 92 says that. Why? If you're not planted, you can't grow. If you're not planted, your growth will be stifled. All right? Go up to Bethel and live there. Make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled years ago from Esau, your brother. Listen, just because you had one encounter at a certain place doesn't mean you can't have another encounter at that place. God's a God of multiple encounters. Amen? Why? As long as you're hungry, he'll fill you. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. All you got to do is come here hungry and God will fill you. God will touch you. Then in verse 3, Genesis 35, 3, let us go up and go up to Bethel and I will make an altar. He's telling his family now. I will make an altar to God who answered me in the day of my distress. How many has come to God's house and been relieved of distress? Yes. Glory to God. You've been delivered out of bondage. Yes. Glory to God. And has been with me wherever I have gone, just like he promised. God was with Jacob when he worked for Laban 20 years. When Laban changed his wages 10 times, God was with him. And God gave him a dream about increase. I'm going to show you how to increase, and I'm taking Laban out of the picture. God can make you increase from supernatural means. Make a stick look like a barber's pole. What do you do? You cut strips in a dark light, dark light. That's a barber's pole, right? Yes. And where the sheep made, when they see strip poles, they're going to have spotted and speckled kids. <laughs> if a sheep can have what they see, yes. how much more can you have what you see? Yes. What you looking at? Yes. If you're looking at defeat, you're going to have defeat. If you're looking at lack, you're going to have lack. Come on, what you looking at? You can have what you see. Let's look at the word. Let's look at God. Let's look at his house, amen. Let's look at his nature. Let's look at some gold streets. Picture gold street, picture Cherry Street in Palmyra, gold. Ridge Road, gold. So clear that you can see through it, the purest form of gold. And you think that wearing gold is bad? God uses it on pavement. My goodness. Oh, don't want to wear too much jewelry. Why not? The priest of God wore 12 jewels on his chest. 12 jewels. Not to mention the fabric. And they had gold woven into the fabric. Gold jacket. I don't even play golf, but I know the master. You know, Master's got the green jacket. Oh, my goodness. So, verse 13 of Genesis 35, God ascended from Jacob in the place where he had spoken with him. God never misses a meeting. All right? 
So God will speak to you more than once as you stay connected to his house. God will speak to you more than once as you stay connected to his house. Okay? As you journey in life and with God, you'll have many encounters with his name, presence, and power. Why? His name is everywhere. You could be in the middle of a river in New Zealand and use the name of Jesus and it'll work. I know. I was there. It worked for me. Wherever you go, you should always be connected to God's house. If you're going to decide to move, you better move knowing that there's a God's house there. That ought to be more than how much money you're going to make or what kind of job you're going to have or what kind of climate it's going to be. Come on. Too many people leave God out of their decision making and they wonder why their lives get messed up. God says, I was willing to help you, but you just went ahead and did it on your own. You know, God will let you do it on your own. Why didn't God come out of heaven and knock the fruit out of Eve's hand? Because he already gave him his word. He doesn't have to do anything else. He gave you his word. He doesn't have to do anything else. He's good to his word. If you don't believe it, that's a you problem. That's a you problem. If you don't believe that God's good to his word, then it's going to be hard from receiving from his word. Which is going to be part two of this message, the significance of the word of God. I realized as I was writing this, I said, no, there's no way I'm going to get to both of these things at the same time today. I have to do a seminar. Okay. Having a relationship with God always involves a connection to his house. Oh, I can just worship God in the woods. Yeah, but you need a house. It's where the family gathers. Trees aren't your family. Plants aren't your family. People are your family. People that know God. Now, not everybody is a child of God. Jesus called a group of Pharisees, you're of your father the devil. Some people are the devil for their father. Why? Because they're disobedient, liars or whatever. Sinners. They don't have God as their father yet, but they can. They, they can switch families. You might as well leave the abuser Satan and come over to God. He'll bless you. He doesn't beat you. He blesses you. He tells you the truth. He loves you. All right? And Bethel and God named Jacob Israel. Let me put it here. Jacob turned loose into Bethel, and God turned Jacob into Israel. You know what Israel means? Prince of God. Okay. Jacob changed the name of Luce to Bethel. God changed the name of Jacob to Israel. Is there an Israel that exists today? It's a country in the Middle East. It's the most wanted piece of property in the Middle East. Hallelujah. Israel still exists today. It was named after this man who had 12 sons. There are the 12 tribes of Israel. Wow. So when you go through a name change, something's good about it. So let me just end by saying what God's house is, what activities take place in God's house. I'm just going to give you these with the scripture references, okay? Number one, 
It's a place of prayer. Judges 20:18. The men of Israel went up to Bethel and asked of God. Say the house of God is a house of prayer. If you try to make God's house in, the, in something that's not prayer, Jesus doesn't like it. My house, he said, shall be called a house of prayer, not a den of thieves. Oh, and by the way, if you're not a tither, you're a thief. I didn't say that. The Bible did. So God's house is a place of prayer. God's house is a place of ministry. It's a place of service. 1 Samuel 7.15 Now Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life, and he used to go annually on a circuit to Bethel, Gilgal, and Mizpah. He traveled to Bethel annually. That was part of his ministry circuit. Do you know Samuel set up a school for the prophets? Amen? So Bethel has a prophetic significance as well. All right? So God's house is a place of prayer. It's a place of ministry. God's house is a place of prophets. Well, I thought you were a non-profit organization. We are. But we like prophets. You know, when you believe the word, you'll be established. But when you believe the prophets, you prosper. Some of you need to listen to the prophets. We got a female prophet. Her name is Fiona, Pastor Fiona. Yes. Amen? Amen? She has a significant voice. Yes. If you want to prosper, you need to listen. Yes. I know I have. Yes. I've listened to her for 24 years and I've prospered. Yes. I've increased. Yes. I've made some progress. Yes. Oh, you should have seen me 24 years ago. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I needed some work. Still do, but... We've got some work done, but we've got more to do. But thank God for the work that has been done. All right, 1 Kings 13, 1. A man of God from Judah went to Bethel by the word or the command of the Lord. If you, you can read up to verse 11. It talks about that. 2 Kings 2, 2. Elijah said to Elisha, two prophets, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. Notice who sent him to Bethel, the Lord did. Okay? But Elisha replied, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. <laughs> All right? Next thing. The house of God is a place of teaching. It's a place of teaching. 2 Kings 17, 28. One of the priests whom they had called from Samaria came back and lived in Bethel and taught them how they should fear the Lord. Taught them how they should fear the Lord. 2 Kings 17, 28. So it's a place of teaching. What did Jesus do? He taught, he preached, and he healed. Those are other things that take place in this house. Okay? God's house is a house of favor. It's a place of favor. Everybody say favor. favor. Zechariah 7, 2. Now the people of Bethel had sent those guys, I don't want to pronounce their names, their men to seek the favor of the Lord. They sent them to Bethel to seek the favor. God's house is a house of favor. Say, I'm God's favorite. Amen? 
God's house is a place, it's a place of planting, growth, and increase. Psalm 92, verse 13. Be planted in the house of the Lord that they will flourish in the courts of God. Flourish speaks of increase and growth, but you've got to be planted. Where do you've got to be planted in? In God's house. Planted. You ever see a tree move its location by itself? Huh? I've never seen an oak tree saying, I don't like this place. Pick up the bark. Let's go over here. I've never seen an oak tree move. Why? An oak tree is one crazy nut that held its ground. You got to be planted. If you're not planted, you're in the wrong garden. You're in a bed of weeds. This is my favorite one and the last one. God's house is a place where our high priest rules, reigns, and dwells. And I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. This is the last scripture. Amen. Amen. Say God's in the house. house. Say joy's in the house. house. Say peace is in the house. house. Say strength is in the house. Say prosperity is in the house. Say good things are in this house. Say there are champions in this house. There are overcomers in this house. Hallelujah. There's triumph in this house. There's glory in this house. Hallelujah. In this house right now. These things are here. Why? This is God's house. This is God's work. We're God's people. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. And I'm going to read to verse 25. Whoo! <laughs> Therefore, believers. How many believers we got in the house? There's faith in the house today. Since we have confidence, that's faith. And full freedom to enter the holy place. You've been given confidence and full freedom to enter the most holy place. God's house is holy. And you've got an open invitation to come on in. Come on in. The water's good. Come on in. The table's set. Come on in. It's cold outside, but it's warm inside. Come on in. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, come on in. The place where God dwells, that's amplified. So his holy place is a place where God dwells, that's his house. By means of the blood of Jesus, you've got to go through a bloodbath to come on in. You get cleansed by the blood, right? That's the only thing that can do away with sin. We are a blood-bought church, glory to God. Woo! Not the blood of a goat or a bull, but the blood of the Son of God. Verse 20. By this new and living way. If you entered God's house for the first time, they do things differently. Amen? Don't How many experience that when you entered God's house for the first time? These people are raising their hands. I never did that. These people don't kneel. They don't even make the sign of the cross. They they run around the building. These people laugh. 
Why? We do things a new, a living way. We do things differently in God's house. You have the freedom to express your love to God without any condemnation for doing it. Which he initiated and opened for us through the veil. What happened to the veil on the cross? It was torn in two. That was Jesus' invitation saying, come on in, boys. Come on in, girls. You don't have to be a high priest anymore. Come on in. Come one, come all. Come on in, the master's calling. Come and dine, the master's calling. Come and dine. Ding, 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 ding. The dinner bell's been ringing. We got some people still out in the field that haven't showed up for dinner. The dinner bell's been ringing. When are you going to come? The food's getting cold. Uh, Okay, so he opened up this way in the Holy of Holies. That is through his flesh, verse 21. And since we have such a great and wonderful priest who rules over the house of God, God rules in his house. We follow God's rules in God's house. God's rules, God's house. Right? Okay. Verse 22, let us approach God with a true and sincere heart in unqualified assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. He can wash your mind. He can wash your body. He can wash your soul. He can make you whole. How many's ever been made whole? Whoo, glory to God. I got a bath in the house of God. I got a bath in the house of God. I don't know where that came from. I don't even know. That just came out of my spirit right there. Whoo, did you know that before a priest could enter the Holy of Holies, he had to take a bath? They had a big thing called a laver, and the laver was water. He had to wash. I'm being washed with the water of the word. What kind of shower you have? I have a word shower. I don't have a mowing. I don't have any other kind of brand. I have a word shower. I'm being washed with the water of the word, and I'm squeaky clean. Wicky, wicky, wicky. (laughs) I don't know where that came from either. There's fun in the house of God. There's fun in the house of God. (laughs) Verse 23. Let us seize and hold tightly the confession of our hope without wavering. Don't change your mouth from what God says. Hold tight to it. For he who promised is faithful. And where does he give his promises? In his house. Did you know that when you come in God's house, he has a portrait of you and his promise for you? If you go into God's house, you will find a picture of you and a promise that he's made over you. And he fully intends to fulfill those if you want them. He doesn't fulfill them if you don't want them. He'll fulfill them to those who want them. Not everybody wants God to fulfill his promises. Why? Because they don't stay with him. They don't stay with him. They leave him. 
you know, when Jesus preached his first, when he, when he told in John 6, when he said, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. You know how many people left him? A lot. So many so that he asked his disciples, he said, are you going to leave too? He had so many people exit his ministry. Peter said, where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. Amen. Amen. Peter said, I'm staying in this house. I don't know about y'all, but I'm staying here. Joshua knew what it meant to stay in the house. Moses would go there. The glory of God would come down. Moses would solve cases, make judgments, issue commands, right? Then he'd go home. And Joshua would be like, I like this house. I'm staying in this house. I'm staying right here. I like the glory. Amen. Joshua was a glory hog. He stayed by the spot where the glory came out. Amen. It's okay to be a glory hog. Amen. If you're going after God's glory. Amen. I'm a glory sheep. Is that better? Glory sheep better than glory hog? (laughs) Okay. Let me get through this. Whoo. So you got to verse 24. Let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love and do good deeds. Verse 25, not forsaking of meeting together. Oh, my goodness. Do you realize what context this is in? It's in God's house. Not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction. Too many believers have forsaken their worship and instruction and think they can do it on their own, but God will not bless you on your own because you're not planted in his house. As the habit of some, as is the habit. Some people have a habit. See, they started missing one and it's easier to miss another. It's called the law. See, the law of habit makes anything easier. I don't have to think about brushing my teeth. Why? Because I made a habit of it. I don't have to. I go to the bathroom when it's time, when I wake up or go to bed or after I eat or drink coffee. You know, if I drink coffee at church, I brush my, I have a toothbrush here. I brush my teeth. Why? I want you to be knocked over by the power of God, not my bad breath. <laughs> Amen? I want the power of God. I don't want you to. <laughs> they fell down under the power. Yeah, what power? I want the power of God. Amen? Yeah, so I keep a toothbrush in my office so that at least my breath is fresh when I pray for you. (sighs) One time, uh, Dave Dave Duell, he was speaking at Grace Fellowship. I was attending there when I went to Rainbow. Uh, I should have did that after they cut that off. No. When I went to Ramah, I attended a church called Grace Fellowship. And uh, Dave Duell was speaking. And so he was a rancher when he got saved. So before he had any opportunities to preach to people, he would preach to his cows. He would lay hands on his cows. He would preach a message to his cows, right? And God, one day, he had a vision of his arm being a flaming sword, right? And so God led him to minister to people through blowing and chopping, like that. And when he would pray for people, he would blow and chop. Well, one time, someone gave him some mints. And when he was ministering to people, he was blowing and chopping, and he blew his mints and hit the lady in the chest. He blew, and the mint went right there, right on the chest. Hopefully her eyes were closed. I don't know. 
But that's a true story. I heard him tell that. Not forsaking the meeting together as believers for worship instruction, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. If you see someone missing, call them up and encourage them. Say, get your little, no, just, get your little button, no. Or, hey, however you need to. If the Holy Spirit leads you, sometimes you got to pull them from fire, sometimes you got to love them in. Right? It's whatever they need at the moment. But encourage one another and all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. Can you look and see that God's day is approaching? we got some crazy things going on in our country and in the world. Amen? The Lord's day is approaching. But thank God that we have a house that we can come and seek God. We can come and worship him. Amen? God has put his mark on this place. Amen? And God wants to mark you with his presence. He wants to mark you with his name. He wants to mark you with his power. Amen? How many need to be marked today? You need to be touched today. In some, you're going through something in your life. You're going through something in your body. You're going through something. Notice, you're not camping out. You're going through. Amen? If that's you today and you would like prayer, I'm not going to ask you what you're going through. No one needs to know, but God knows. But he's here to touch you. He's here to mark you. He's here to help you. He's here to strengthen you. He's here to heal you. He's here to minister to you. Amen? Because that's what takes place in his house. His house is a place of ministry. His house is a place of freedom. His house is a place of chains being broken. If that's you, come on up right now in the name of Jesus. Come on up right now in the name of Jesus. You're about to get marked today. God's power is about to come on you. Hallelujah. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I just want you to be quiet for just a second and you just receive. You know what you need. You know what you, you need you need God to do. You know what, Father, right now, I thank you that you are marking Maria with your power, your presence, and your name. In the name of Jesus, you're touching her and releasing your power and working all things out for her good. In Jesus' name. And you just worship him. You, you just praise him and you receive right now. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The devil tried to throw you in the fire, Karen. But the Lord says, I'm in the fire with you. And I'm going to see you through. And the flames won't even hurt you. You won't even smell like smoke when it's done. And there's going to be a significant change, a significant turnaround that's coming your way, says the Lord. In the name of Jesus, Father, touch her now with your presence, your power, and your name. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That you're touching Nadine right now with your name and your presence and your power. Lord, you're clothing her with glory in the name of Jesus. I release the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you thanks.
person in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, you're touching her with your grace, with your goodness, with your love. Father, you're instilling her with hope in the name of Jesus. God's hope is an anchor in your soul. He's touching you with his name, his presence, and his power. He is strengthening you. He's coming alongside to help you, to put you over, to bring you through. Hallelujah. We give you glory and praise and honor, Lord. Thank you for your touch. The touch of the man in the name of Jesus. We release the power of God in Jesus' name. you today. He said, you are my child. Before you were born, I have plans for you. 
It's about time that you start doing my plans because my plans will give you greater joy than your own plans. That doesn't mean that you plan, but you plan according to God. You plan in agreement with God. It doesn't matter what your age is. You're not too young and you're not too old. You start where you are. And you get a hold of God, and God will show you things. Moses started when he was 80. John the Baptist started in the womb. I think that covers us all. I want you to make a decision in your heart that you're going to commit your way to God, just like Jacob did when he encountered God. It's time to commit. It's time to make a commitment. If you would like to commit your way to God, I can help you do that. Just raise your hand. If you're here this morning and you say, I want to commit my way to Jesus. I want to follow him. I want to be a Christian. I want to be Christ-like. Because that's the ultimate goal. That's the first step in following him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Have we encountered God in this place today? He has been here. Amen. And he will be here next week. He will be here on Wednesday. He will be here on Tuesday. He will be here on Thursday. He will be here on Saturday. Hallelujah. He will be here every day. Because just because you had one encounter doesn't mean you can't have another. Hallelujah. Oh, God, I need a redo. I need a redo. I need a refilling. Hallelujah. God will say, come and get some. I got plenty. I got plenty. Father, I just thank you right now that you fill her with life and strength and vitality in the name of Jesus. Woo, hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for your rich deposit in her body, in the temple of the Holy Ghost. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It's where he dwells. It's where he lives. It's where he worships. It's where he speaks. It's where he operates from. It's where he leads from. It's where he strategizes from. Glory to God. God is downloading some divine things to you right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. What's significant? Worship? Is that their name, significant? Signature, yeah. They, they have, let, let me tell you, you've been given a significant signature. God has put a sound in you. He has anointed you with notes and music and volume. Hallelujah, and a voice glory to God. You have God's signature on you. Hallelujah. place. You cannot go home but be joyful today. Why? I've been touched by God. I was in his place. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. 
this hour. God bless you. Have an awesome week. See you Wednesday. Have a great, great week.